the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a Tuesday morning. Come on now, Heidi. You have to give up with me and my wife, and we're going to take you over to see Guar. Yeah. You want to go see Guar with us? You don't know who Guar is? Ah! Do you like heavy metal mu- music? Uh, well, I got to take you to see them then. Oh, my gosh. They're coming to Little Rock. I saw. Yeah. But we were just talking about it. It's a Simone special kind calling. of metal. I got, yeah, yeah, it is a special kind. What it is, it's a couple of guys that got together. Uh, I think they were from uh, Richmond, Virginia, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. I believe so. And uh, they were in art school at uh, uh, Virginia Tech, is it Virginia Tech, one of those universities. And uh, they got they got out out of this art school because it, they they wanted them to be just typical corporate artists and these guys were anything but typical anything but and uh they 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 bought an old building they took a half of it so they could build up their stuff that they were building (laughs) all the stuff they were building up one was a very visual artist and the other guy was a visual and a rock and roller and so they got together and became friends and put it together and created some of the craziest stuff you have ever seen in your lifetime. Yeah, oh yeah, I that should would be great. Do my show from Guar? That'd be crazy. There, one of the guys is still alive now. One died of a drug overdose. Uh, this is several years back, but the other guy is still alive. I think he lives out in the uh, California area. Well, it makes sense. All the fruits, nuts, and flakes are out there. <laughs> so uh, they're doing their thing. And uh, But, yeah, it was crazy, really, really crazy uh, what they came up with. And at first, they really couldn't play much music. Well, that wasn't their forte. No, it was all of the stuff they had around it, right. you know. And it was kind of like going to a rock and roll con- concert with a Mr. Natural comic book. Yeah, that was Miss Marvel, Marvel comic book characters, and uh, they played metal. Yeah, then they got better. Yeah. And they went out and they found some real musicians. <laughs> and guess what? They play some really, really good uh, speed metal now. Yeah, really the shows good are great stuff. to go to. I mean, they're just so much fun. Now, I here's mean, the key, though. Heidi, if you go, you, you, you wear clothes 
that you want to throw away after you you go see them. Or okay? a tarp. Yeah, or a tarp. <laughs> They're kind of like who was the comedian used to smash the watermelon all the oh, time? What's his name? And the smash a Gallagher. Gallagher, yeah. And you go see a Gallagher show, and if you were sitting in the first four rows, you knew you were going to get spewed with, you know, watermelon and. Oranges and, and all. They t- he'd take a big old one of those mallets that they use out at the state fair that you try to ring the bell thing with and, and would just smash everything on stage. Better than what Gigi Allen used to spew around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really, really crazy, crazy stuff. But anyway, uh, they shoot gallons of fake blood on everybody during the course of. <laughs> they cut off the heads of their of of props and, and oh, yeah. all kinds. Of, it's crazy. I yeah. mean, it really is crazy. And they're larger than life, literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the characters are probably twice as big as a normal man. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's it's a it's over the top to say the least. But it, I saw they're coming. We were talking about. It. I had forgot about. It. I meant to mention that to yeah. you. If you and your wife. And you go, said Eric. You said Eric can't make it. It's on a Tuesday, but if you and your wife go, I may tag along. It's not. Listen, it's at this place that's down just down the road yeah, here. Yeah, it's like a small venue. Yeah, it holds about holds about thirteen hundred people. I understand. Yeah. So I might have to check this out. And yeah. I'm. I know people. People find out my choice of music, <laughs> and they go, "You?" And I go, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. You know, you know what I? You know what I listen to? I listen to Fox News. I basic two channels on Sirius: <laughs> Fox News and Ozzy's Boneyard. Ozzy's Boneyard. <laughs> well, look at Gutfeld and his musical choices. Like yeah. I said, the Melvins are coming. So, you know, I love yeah. I I. I'm a I'm a, a a Megadeth fan. I like Anthrax. Oh yeah. I like Pantera. I like all those groups. I like Pantera a lot. I'm crazy about that. I was listening yesterday. I had to I had to calm it down because I I was coming home, and um, I had Megadeth on, and I don't listen to it. Just listen to it. I experience it inside my car. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I crank it up. I, I crank it up, and you know the bass starts kicking in, and the, the big bass drums are kicking in, and I'm looking, I'm looking up at my mirror, and the cars in my mirror are shaking. My car would rattle <laughs> apart at this point, so we can't do it too loud in that car. I love that kind of music. I really do. You know, do not. Absolutely do not put the carpenters on no. uh, when I'm around. <laughs> don't Just don't do it. No. But I, I do recognize the, uh, you know, talent of other artists. I, I was a big Olivia Newton-John hey. fan, Linda Ronstadt fan. Well, how could you not? You know, hey. great, great artists. I like the dead. And, you know, the dead by no means is heavy rock. No. By any stretch of more country rock kind of stuff that they were doing. And I liked a lot of the stuff that they did. You know? Ripple, that's my favorite Dead song. My favorite album by the Dead is Working Man's Dead. And I can't believe I just admitted on uh, like the radio show that I have a favorite Grateful Dead song. <laughs> yeah, well, Ripple, that's not bad. That's a good song. It is a good song. And you can, it don't matter what your, you know, what your, uh, your age is when yeah. it comes to... I mean, look, trucking is... Transcends oh, time. Yeah, it does totally. I watched this guy on on um, the uh, internet. He's got a YouTube channel, Doctor Rock, 
And he just did last night, he did a, about a 30-minute dissertation on what he considers the greatest album ever written, which is Dark Side of the Moon by Trim Pete Oh, Floyd. Eric would probably agree. Yeah, it's a great album. It really, really is. And and he especially, he especially sat down for about 16 minutes and dissected the song Time, which is an incredible piece of music. And uh, a lot of us... You know, it's one of those songs that when you're young, you don't get it. You don't get, you know, you know, you didn't, you know, you didn't know you that the race music. is won. I missed the starting gun. You don't even know what that means right. when you're like 18 or 20 years old. You get about 30 and you go, holy cow, man, I've almost lived like almost half my life. Right. Then all of a sudden time Things starts, starts zeroing in on you a little bit. So it's a really, it's a great album. Great song. And it was pretty interesting. I just wa- wish Waters would get his mind right about Jewish people. Yeah, he's nuts about that stuff. He's crazy. Talking about being an anti-Semite. It's uh, really yeah, sad. Yeah, have those. It's sad. I mean, it is. It's sad that, that he feels that way. I don't get it. But he, it's the way he is. And uh, he sure can write music. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. He wrote all the lyrics to Dark Side of the Moon. Right. A lot of people don't know that. He he got, you know, Sid had gone nuts. Right? Yes. Sid had gone crazy. He had done one too many tabs of acid, and uh, he lost his mind, and I believe he committed suicide. Uh, I know he he died young, uh, but it, it ended up that uh, Waters ended up the, the leader of the band. He realized suddenly that if we wanted to do anything, we had to be going somewhere and doing something. And and so he he sat down at his kitchen table and over two days wrote the album Dark Side of the Moon. It's hard for artists to take things that way. That, like, they can create the art, but creating the function of getting the art out to people and, you know, to dispersing and business things and what I need to do to get there. And I'll just tell you, if you've never seen a a Floyd uh, show, and you probably will not now, because I don't believe they're ever going to go back on tour. But uh, incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I saw when Sid was still alive, and when they were doing Umagamu and all that other stuff that they did, was which was really esoteric. But then, uh, you know, I saw him after, I saw the Animals tour. Which oh, was, that would have been great. Which is, a, a, you know, I was at, I, I, like I, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it out at uh, where was it? At, in in um, there on Lakeshore Drive, where the Bears play. Uh, I went there and saw them, and they had these huge in, inflated animals that f- <laughs> floated over the stage and everything. It was really, really crazy. It wasn't Guar crazy, but no, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Not too much is Guar crazy. No, Guar is over the top to say the least if you thought really. rocky horror show was yeah. uh interactive yes right, you see Guar. <laughs> it's crazy it really is oh wow what kind of what, what's the fish that they use it's not a blowfish it's a different kind of fish a, fish. I don't remember. a cuddle yeah. cuttlefish oh, yeah, that's right the cuttlefish i won't even i'm not even going to try to explain it if you want to know what it's all about <laughs> Look under Google because I can't talk about it on the radio. Right. All right, I just can't talk about it on the radio. All right, let's get our break in right now. Heidi, I just I just stepped up and Heidi's got a lot more respect for me now. She thought I was just a just a crazy old man, yeah, real kook over here. But not now. She's saying, 
He likes guar. Hey, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with being a kook anyway. All right. Let's take a break. It's Dave Ellsworth. Simone is here. We've got a lot of things to talk about today. By the way, Democrats don't believe in the Constitution uh, in the latest polling. I'll, I'll have to read those numbers to you. Uh, the majority of Americans still do, thank God. All right, the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about our good friends at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. I bet you Eric Coleman knows who Guar is. <laughs> I will bet you Eric knows who Guar is. Uh, anyway, Eric is a really, really, really uh, intense and um, artistic guy. And uh, he's like me. He's, uh, he's He gets... Uh, he believes in America, and, uh, you know, he has no problem telling people that he believes in America. <clears throat> but Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, uh, which is Eric's store, has been for 40 years, believes in giving you the service you deserve uh, as, a, as a jewelry store. He can repair your jewelry, he can clean your jewelry, and he can design and build uh, your Jewelry. Ask him to show you a plasma torch sometime. That's pretty cool. He's at 3000 Cavanaugh Suite E, uh, 501-246-3655 is number. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. Um, he does the highest quality jewelry. He's got high quality jewelry on display by other artists, uh, jewelry artisans as well, and uh, artisans. And they'll, they'll help you out uh, in what you want. Unique creations, estate jewelry, you bring it back by, he'll tell you, is it real or is it Memorex and how much it's worth. Uh, and uh, he can do it a couple of ways. He can uh, give you money for it or he can add a little bit to it and you can buy something right there out of the cases that you'd like to put on you and, and show it off. Uh, and you can get all of that at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Again, 3000 Cavanaugh, Sweet E, right here in Little Rock. So let's uh, share this poll with you. And uh, it, it came off of a story that uh, the New York Times wrote. And let me just read this at the beginning of the, uh, the article. It says, We, the Ivy League people... <laughs> Despise America's founding documents, Red State reporting in a Friday Times essay. Two Ivy League professors declared the, quote, broken and, quote, famously undemocratic U.S. Constitution stands in the way of real freedom and democracy while issuing a call to radically alter the basic rules of the game by no longer requiring us to justify, justify our politics by the Constitution. You know, here's what I don't understand about people who believe this kind of garbage. is simply this. If there had been no Constitution, the way that we run our country would never have happened. No, I mean, there's no Without the Constitution, there's no, there's nothing. It's that simple. There's no imagining what uh, what we would be at this point other than We'd colonized. still have a king. Yeah, colonized. That's what would be you right now. Yeah. We'd still have a king. We have a monarchy here in the United States. Uh, the poll, despite their generally favorable opinion of the Constitution, 57% of Democratic voters agreed. Quote, it is a document rooted in racism. 
and 64% think the Constitution, quote, is a sexist document that gives men advantages over women. Nearly half, 49% of Democrats, believe the Constitution should be mostly or completely rewritten. The rest of the electorate overwhelmingly rejects all of those statements I just read. Goodness. Thank God for that. Thank God. I got seriously. Thank goodness. And they're working on trying to get case. people to not believe in the electoral college anymore either. Oh well, we've people who've listened to this show from the beginning when I got here in two thousand have heard me defend the electoral college for years. And I'm not gonna do it today. Um, and there's other people who have have done it as as well. There have been high school history teachers who have been uh, elected to the state house of representatives who have stood on the uh, the floor of the the house and have defended the electoral college. And unless you know history. Unless you're willing to read, if you're not, and you just believe all the crap that people post on the Internet, you probably do not realize how important the Electoral College is. It is hugely important. Dumbed our population down so much that, I mean, it's, you know, it's something that's, oh, that's a good idea. Let's get rid of that. Here's, I love listening to people when they make their arguments and they say, well, Look, they didn't give, they only made a black person work three quarters of a person and all of that. And and I said, yeah, you missed the overarching argument that comes from the Constitution. It allows the people to pass the laws that they are governed by. All right, I mean, yeah, they, they didn't deal with... Uh, the slavery when they wrote the constitution they kicked the can down the road so to speak because and and look you can watch there's a musical you can watch and it it doesn't do a good job of really talking about what was going on when the constitution was being written but there's a song uh dealing with the slave trade in that musical 1776 Mm. And it is a powerful piece of music because there were two states who would not sign the Constitution and agree to it if they left in a paragraph that uh, Jefferson wrote about abolishing slavery. Mm-hmm. And John Adams was one of the big abolitionists of the time, and he was arguing that You know, history would always remember them as, you know, being failed human beings if they didn't deal with the subject. And Franklin, and it's, uh, if you read history, what they did is they took this little thing that he said and they put it into the song. And he made the statement to Adams, but John, you can't get rid of slavery unless we have a constitution. Right. So they passed the Constitution because all, all of the colonies had to agree to it. They finally did, and it took a civil war, and it took, uh, you know, amendments to the Constitution. But we've got it set up there for equal law for everybody now. 
we as a country dealt with it, though, which is unlike a lot of other places. And there's still slavery going on. Oh, everywhere in the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talk about, you know, the Democrats, who are some of the biggest screamers about yeah. this stuff, uh, don't talk about what's going on the southern border right now. We all talk about the illegal immigrants that come across the border. We don't talk about the sex slavery, yeah, slavery. that's happening because of our border, our southern border, is so wide open. And we're abetting it. We're aiding and abetting yeah. it. Completely. Yeah, they're not They're not just flooding this country with fentanyl. They're flooding this country with kids that are being sold into sex work. Sex work. You know, I mean, one of the worst ways that they, they could be, you know, uh, put out there was the back pages that on the Internet for a long time. It was amazing the amount of... Of, of teenagers, and now it's not even, for the most part of times, kids coming from other countries. It's kids coming uh, that are from here in your own backyard that somebody lost takes them. Somebody takes them, and they yeah. put them out on the street. And, uh, Drug them. And they, uh, they sexually abuse them. And it's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing that's going on in our country. And uh, the people who won't get the border under control aid and abet those kind of scumbags that are doing that down there, the cartels along our border. But we'll talk more about it right now, though. Here's the news. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick. Simone's here as well. And you probably know more about Guar now than if you've been with us since the beginning of the show than you ever wanted to know about. They've been around since the uh, the, the mid '80s, yeah, and uh, they just keep going. And uh, I don't, they don't have, uh, I don't know even if they've got an original member still with the group or not. Well, superheroes never die. Maybe, maybe, but I don't think so. I don't think so. But uh, the two main, uh, the main uh, guys who started the group. Uh, one left the group because he couldn't continue to get along with the guy that he had started it with, and that guy uh, had a had a, a drug overdose and it killed him. So the two main people basically are not m- working members of uh, of the band any longer. But if you've never seen them, now let me let me make something clear here. They're not for everybody. No, no. They're not. For everybody. Not something to take your mother to. No. They are way, way over the top. I'm just telling you. They're way over the top. Uh, They are, I'll just use my own kind of uh, definition, free form artists. Superheroes on crack. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of true. Yeah, that's maybe maybe with a, a chaser of LSD. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Should I have just said saying. that? <laughs> yeah, I'm really serious. But anyway, uh, for you, just know that uh, they're, they're crazy. Uh, there's something that you might want to subject yourself to, yeah. just to see it. You'll find out what your real, how do we put this, how do I put this, what your limits are. Right. What's your real limit? If you watch something that's this crazy and over the top and you go, you know what? That had no redeeming value at all, but, but, but it was very, very well constructed. Right. 
you know, and very well performed. And this is going to be a great place to see it at, too. It's a small venue. Yeah, what is the name of that I think place? it's called The Hall, isn't it? The or, Hall? Is I that what it is? it's The Hall. I, and I'm probably Somebody totally call wrong. us and tell us. Yeah, yeah. It's a great venue. Yeah, 501-823-0965. What's the name of it? This is, I hadn't even heard about it. It's only been open a little over a year, evidently. Right. We went you know? and saw, or what did we see? Because um, the Rev House isn't big enough. No. It, that's not big enough. Uh, to do it, uh, they could have done it out like what was it the uh, uh, the um, National Guard Armory place? If you cleaned it out a little bit, because we've had stuff out there before, you could do it there. So anyway, give me a call five zero one eight two three zero nine six five, and and just let us know. You know where Guar is playing. What the name of the venue is? If you Eric would, was stopped somewhere. He yeah. could call. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he'll stuck in traffic. And maybe he'll get stuck again. He he got behind a a semi that decided to uh, light his load on fire yes. out on the out on the interstate. So he's stuck somewhere in Kentucky, right? Hey, he said it was somewhere near Kentucky. I believe. It was, uh, <laughs> near near that could be that could be Tennessee. That could be Indiana. Come on, that's his, near that's Kentucky. his route from you know Kentucky, <laughs> West to, Virginia. <laughs> It's hard for me to keep track Tennessee, of where he's whatever. at all the time. All right. Hey, don't forget about my good friends over at P.I. Roofing. P.I. Roofing, uh, I, I've been talking about them since 2001 when they started the business. I, I got to know Joel then, and uh, I bought my own house, you know, about 18, 19 years ago now. You know, it would be August. Uh, it was August this year, 18th. So the bottom line is that... Uh, you know, they do a job, and they do it very, very well. Joel is a, a guy who believes in professionalism. He believes that uh, the, he doesn't let anybody get on your roof that he wouldn't let on his own. Uh, he has a, a large facility uh, where they do business out of, and in the back, they've got a fake roof back there that they make uh, guys that come and want to work for him. They got to get on that roof, and like he'll ask them to do some work around a chimney and things of that nature, and uh, see if they know what they're doing. Wow! And then you go through you go through some training because even though you may have learned it one way, you know the folks at PI Roofing have the PI Roofing way, and uh, they think it's the best way, and everybody does it the same way, and that's how you you get known for consistent work and professionalism and that's what you get when you use a pi roofing give them a call it's uh, 501-707-3551 now that's the number even i call a lot of people say well you've been talking about them dave since uh, you know 2001 since they opened you got some special number you call no you know, I don't have the bat phone. <laughs> I, I, I don't have that. I uh, I pick up the phone and call the same number you will, 501-707-3551. You'll do that if you want a great roofing job. And if you want a roofing job that's done without any hassles with your insurance company or anything else, that's P.I. Roofing, P.I. Roofing.com. Think about that as well. All right, so we talked about how people, you you wonder how we get into the positions that we're in sometimes in our country, and then you hear about 40, only 49% of Democrats, uh, you know, they're out there 
thinking that, you know, 51 percent thinks uh, that the Constitution is a great document. Uh, the other 49 percent thinks that we should be rewriting uh, the Constitution. And, and you can kind of rewrite it. It's called the amendment process. Right. And uh, if you can get, uh, you know, enough people uh, to agree to your changes, then it, it can happen. I mean, that's how we got women's suffrage and all the rest, all that stuff that we've added on. But we haven't added on a whole lot mm-hmm. because it's difficult, and it should be difficult. Uh, you know, if, as the old saying goes, if it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And um, but if it is, you should. It makes you wonder, too, of these people polled of what they think of the Constitution, how many have actually read the Constitution, you know, and not just, well, I heard the Constitution is this, that and the other. You know, how many people have read it and tried to digest the Constitution and it's um, the gravity of it? Yeah, well, these are doctors, right, from Ivy League schools, and don't ask me what I think about Ivy League schools sometimes. Uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Ryan Doffler and Dr. Samuel Moyne uh, say the solution is not to reclaim the Constitution from Republicans, but rather (laughs) reclaim America from constitutionalism. I don't want to save America from constitutionalism. No. I want to hold on to the Constitution. That's our safeguard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it sets up things that a lot of uh, liberal, really liberal people, really lefties uh, don't believe in, and, and that is, uh, you know, setting up rules of how you can and cannot live your life. Right. They don't. They don't like that idea. They don't and, like that freedom part of the goes. Constitution. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's something that we should talk about. That there is a difference between freedom and liberty. Mm. All right. The Constitution gives us liberty to follow the freedoms uh, in such a way that it is beneficial. To us as an individual, but also beneficial to the republic in general. Freedom is a different story. Freedom is like license. License means you can do whatever the hell you want to do, you know, damn the consequences. The anarchy. You know, hey, I can can do whatever I want as long uh, as it doesn't, you know, do anything to me. Well, that's not true. No. Your your life, the things that you do, has effects on other people as well. And, you know, I understand a lot of people want to say, well, my rights end at the start of your nose. <laughs> Problem is with that kind of concept is, what do you mean at the end of my nose? Is it as long as you're not literally punching me in the nose? Or does it mean that... Uh, if you if you want to throw junk all over the front yard of your house and 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 you don't want to cut the grass and you've got snakes coming out of it onto my yard and because you don't take care of your property, my property values go down. 
Well, I consider that the end of my nose too. Yeah, we just had a we just had a discussion about that at our last uh, meeting, Pulaski County Republic. Really? What was it about? It was about uh, the one of the JPs were talking about uh, putting in some kind of uh, some kind of functionality to where if someone's property was overly not you know not someone who just had a messy yard but someone who was basically yeah we'll give you a refrigerator without a door no i'm just kidding well that's what they were talking about where you need if it was unsafe you know or something or there was basically chemicals you know going down into the ground that yeah affecting the outward stuff that that's you correct see that's affecting people in a negative uh, way right so and they were talking about like refrigerator doors being undone so that kids can't which Lock themselves sh- in. It used to be should, a problem. Yeah, you should teach your children, but it doesn't matter. Kids are going to be kids. So, I mean, there's two avenues of thought there, you know, between freedom and liberty. I mean, there's the – and the freedom, basically, they were talking about, like, uh, meth houses being unsafe, you know, to live around. Yeah. That's obvious, you know, and um, just different things like that. And they would go give you a notice, and if something needed to be done – the, uh, there would be a lien uh, eventually put, but I mean they would try to help all they could to, to clean it up first. Like if it was an older person or something yeah. like that, you know, they just couldn't afford it, and or didn't have the tools to take care of things. So, but that was something they were talking about doing. Yeah, I mean, one person's junk is another man's treasure. That's and that's an old, what that's an old saying, about. you know. Right. But what if they're a hoarder? Yes. We've all watched that show. I, I mean, I under, they say it's reality TV. It's not reality TV. That is not reality. <laughs> uh, what you're seeing is you're seeing, you know, it's they got it's all scripted out about what people are going to say and how people are going to react and things of that nature. So, but there's people that never throw anything away. I mean, my wife asked me, "When are you going to get rid of some of your books?" Books you can't get rid of. It's tough for me to get rid of my books. After I read read a book, if I really, really liked it, it's like a friend to me. And books are like something of value, uh, intrinsically, you know, just something of value. I mean, I share those books with people. Yeah. You know, you need to read this, you know, Wealth of Nations or something like that. And people go, how old is this book? And I said, well, it was first written in the 18, about 1865. Yeah. And you hate to hand those books out, too. Even yeah. You want to share them. Because they never get back to you. Right. Or what condition. <laughs> they're not treated as well. Yeah, they're not treated as well. Right. You know, the one thing I do have, that I have, a, I have a lot, quite a few of them, and I do share them, and, and that is uh, Bibles. No. You know, if you want to know the book that I think is the most important book, it's the Bible. It's a, that's the one that I'll give to you. Yeah. That's that's what I'll give to you. All right, I'm being told I need to take a break, so let me do that. Let me remind you about uh, Pat Davis. Uh, Pat's been on the show many, many times. And if you're looking to do health insurance differently because you you, you know that the old way and the way you're doing it right now isn't working, it's costing you an arm and a leg, and you feel like you're beating your head against the wall – doing it over and over and over again try something different what's the worst that can happen you can be stuck in the same position you are or maybe you make a breakthrough and something good happens like saving money 
<laughs> like 30 to 50 percent on your health insurance. That's what you can do with with, uh, with with Pat Davis. And this is a part of liberty now that we're talking about. You get to make up your mind what kind of health insurance you want and how much you want to pay for it. And Pat Davis will work with you so you can get the best health insurance you can possibly get at a cost that is not going to break the bank and might even get you some checks sent to you from your doctor and from uh, the hospital. That'd be a pretty nice thing to do as well. Plus, not have any co-pays. Plus, maybe not having those huge deductibles you got. I mean, what good is it to have the best health insurance on the planet, but you got to pay so much in a deductible that you never scratch the surface of the health plan you got? Right. Makes no sense to me. So talk to Pat Davis. He'll explain how you can make it work for you. 501-605-6935 is the number to call. 501-605-6935. Your uh, healthplanman.com is the website. One last thing before we get into our break here, and that is this. Some of you are listening on the app, and it seems awful low today. I will mention that to our engineer. I'll send him a, a, a thing, and he'll he'll a text, and he'll check it out. I know this for a fact that you some of you haven't promised because my uh, my niece who lives in Austin, Texas, listens to me every morning when she gets up, and she just texted me and said, "Hey, Uncle Dave, you got a problem?" So. I'll mention this to Sean, and he'll fix it, and you'll be able to hear it clear as a bell, hopefully by tomorrow. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's get our break in here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Back with you. We were just talking about that, that commercial because they, they mentioned Bella Lugosi as Dracula. And I don't watch Bella Lugosi. I just thought, you know, he just came out of the silent film era and that, and so I... I wasn't a big, big thing about uh, those movies. The ones that I was really big on were the Hammer movies with Christopher Lee as Dracula. Now, that was the <laughs> Dracula I liked. I'll have to check that out. And, uh, and what he went through to make those movies was incredible. I mean, he used to put salt water in his eyes to make them turn that red color. Oh. And then put uh, contacts on top. The contacts were so opaque that he really couldn't see all that well. He was known to be doing a, doing a scene in the movie and walk right into the camera. Oh, and, and stuff because he really couldn't see that much on the on this on the, on the uh, set. But uh, he was great. But I'm gonna tell you what: if you want to see an iconic, uh, you know, universal kind of monster that was done better by Hammer. Dracula was one, all right, but the other one was uh, the Mummy. <laughs> I mean, Christopher Lee when he did the Mummy, and I think he only did one, one movie, and that was of course with Peter Cushing, the two of them together, and they were always good together. But uh, that was incredible when he played Karnak. You know, it was Karnak. good, good stuff, really good. Stuff. I wish they, I wish they would go back and do uh, a horror movie. Like the old, uh, the old Universal horror movies, where the the monsters were really kind of scary. Yeah, and uh, they were not the best things in the world to have to run into. <laughs> Let's face it, the Wolfman still Lon Chaney Jr. is one of the best Wolfmen that ever came along, 
and the way that they did the transformation uh, from Larry Talbot uh, to the uh, the Wolfman uh, was such a huge step forward in uh, in makeup in movies. It was incredible. Uh, the Invisible Man. Those are you know they they weren't comedies. No. They were serious about it. That is scary. The Invisible Man would be scary. Yeah, it was. It was really good. The best movie that was a takeoff on the Invisible Man was the one Verhoeven did. He's the guy who gave us RoboCop. Okay. Okay. And uh, he put together uh, an Invisible Man movie, and I think Elizabeth Shue was in it, and uh, Kevin Bacon played the Invisible Man. Yes. And it was called The Hollow Man. The Hollow Man. That's, that's what, what it was, was called, The Hollow Man. And I think that still stands up today. You know, they they re kind of re-did uh, it again here just a couple of years ago. They they put that The Invisible Man movie out, and it was the guy had a suit that mirrors made him invisible. Kind of a – he was kind of like a – Like the a, Terminator where yeah. he had the – you melt into the scenery. Yeah, it was kind of crazy stuff. and. Uh, it, it was okay, you know, but it, it didn't have a real. There was just there were a couple scenes that really had some fright to it mm-hmm. and kind of f- freaked people out. But for the most part, was not that way. Just wasn't that way. Simone, I tell you this, we're out of time. It's time to go already. It's amazing. It's already we've got our time. Uh, I'll be back here after the news because we're going to talk. We got the the Bible guys here. They're going to come in and answer any questions that you have. It's a really serious hour that we do because, hey, you're a spiritual person as well as a physical person. Keep that in mind and a mental person. You don't have to live all your life in your head. Just telling you, it's not a good thing. And uh, we're going to talk about that spiritual side when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. guys are here minus scott stewart he's out doing some revivals over in europe he said he was going to italy Hmm. and he promised that when he comes back he's going to talk about what went down Hmm. because right now you go to europe more people don't believe in god than do Mm -hmm. believe in god i mean think about that for a moment all of these huge in spain in Italy, in France, all these magnificent cathedrals that were built to the glory of God, mm-hmm. and nobody goes there. Yep, and they sit empty today. They sit mm-hmm. around and they look in and they go, wow, our work is beautiful. Here. Right. But they forget who it was built to. Right. Yeah. You know, it's great. It's, it's sad. It really is. It's, it's sad. Uh, so, uh, let's see. I had, a, I had a question for you guys here. Uh, that somebody had. It was a good question. I just got to find it first. I got to look for it. 
Let me try to find that. While we're doing that, what do you got uh, going on? What do you guys got going on as far as uh, the Hebraic side of things? Uh, we're just starting to get the plans together for the fall feast. So, yeah. So starting this uh, Saturday evening, I believe it is, begins a period of known as Elul, which is the final month uh, prior to the end of the Elul. Elul. E-L-U-L. Elul. Okay. And it's, um, it's called the Season of Return. And so it's the last 30 days, the last part of the year prior to what is commonly known as Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, or the biblical term is Yom Teruah, which is the day of trumpeting. Uh, And so that last 30 days of the year is, um, again, called the season of return because it's to get the people ready for the fall feast. Uh, and so that begins this Saturday night, and then the feasts begin at the end of September. And so we're just starting to get the schedule together because it's a it's a two and a half week sprint, right, of all the stuff that's happening yeah. during the during the holidays. Okay, yeah. all right. So you guys meet on Saturdays. Yep. Just want everybody to know uh, it happens over at uh, uh, Scott's Church, and make you make your way over again. So what time is it? One o'clock on Saturdays. Okay, so get you might want to try it out, see what you think about. We're not too scary. No, no. You, you got to you know you, you'll know you're someplace different when Steve steps up and he's got a horn, <laughs> and, and and it's not a typical horn. It's uh, off of what animal do you get that horn? An abex, I think, is what it's okay. called. Okay, and you. You have worked hard over the years to have the lung capacity. <laughs> right. That you need. Well, you you need it yeah. to be able to blow it the way that you you know you do that. You know, so it happens at Agape Church on on, on Saturday. So, you, and you might get to hear Steve preach, or you might even get this to hear. Saturday. I will be. Oh, you'll be preaching this Saturday. Billy will be preaching the following Saturday. Okay. Oh, it is next week, isn't it? Yeah, I hope you're working I on should, a sermon. I should probably finish <laughs> up my sermon. And also know that uh, you know when. You know, you're used to if you go to Baptist church, maybe the preacher being in a, a shirt and tie and a, in a in a suit. Although I think they're moving away from that as well, um, a little bit more informal attire. But uh, when these guys preach, they have prayer shawls on and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very cool. I I like it. Yeah. I I like the whole idea of being in touch with our pastor. It's it's important to be in touch with that. Yep. It's a well. It's some people. I don't know. They they kind of misunderstand the purpose of it. But you know the when the priest ministered, they wore special clothing. Yeah. Right? And it's kind of one of those things that it's it's very similar in the sense that when people wore coat and tie, right? They they respected and it was something holy and they were set apart and, and dressed different for that day. And so it's kind of it's just a garment uh, that. Um, Remind you where you're at, what you're doing. Yeah, you're not like the high priest. You don't wear an <laughs> no. epic, right? No. It's got all kinds of jewels Stones and things on, on it. No. Yeah. I I think about that, and I, I've read a lot about the tabernacle and the wilderness and, and what they had, and then the tabernacle that was there um, in Jerusalem on the day that Christ was, uh, of course, crucified. And it separated the Holy of Holies from the front of the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And if I read correctly, it was like 12 inches thick. Yeah, there, well, there was two of them, and one of them, each one was a, a, a hand's breadth thick, so okay. yeah, five or six inches thick. Yeah. Okay, so that that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was torn asunder. Mm-hmm. Asunder means apart. Yep. 
ripped in half. Yeah. Not by man's hands, but by God's hand. Yep. Yep. Which said, and that's where we get when people talk about, you know, that we all have our, what is it, the, the, where you have direct access to God, priesthood of the believer, all right? You have the ability to go to God in the most holy of holies yourself. You don't have to have somebody intercede for you. You can do it on your own. Mm -hmm. That's what Christ did for us. Right. Yeah. Made that possible. Basically what Christ did is by taking on the role of the high priest – uh, there's there's still a high priest there. Right. It's, it's just that it is now Christ, and we all have direct access to Christ, right? So we still have an intercessor. Right. It just happens to be that it's the big guy in charge. Right. So you know. well, that that's I guess I didn't say it right, but yeah, that's exactly what I meant. I mean, yep. you go directly to Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll take care of whatever prayers, whatever sins that you've committed that Absolutely. you feel that you need to confess. You confess to him. And he takes care of all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and there's one other thing. So let's deal with it today real quickly. And then it kind of goes along with what we got as a question today. And that is that he is the final sacrifice. Mm-hmm. There, there does not need to be any more sacrifice. We fix the mix of people mad. <laughs> right. You don't need any more. I mean, look, I know if you're Jewish, you're thinking that someday they're going to rebuild the temple and they're going to. They're going to bring back uh, the the whole thing of uh, sacrificial, you know, the sacrifices going on and all of that. I don't now see. I don't know if Peter let you, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I, it's a joke. That's yeah, true. Though. That was a joke. Yeah. But anyway, uh, bottom line is is that animal sacrifices are not necessary. That's what Christ came back to really change. Mm-hmm. He didn't come back to change the law, right? He didn't change the sacrificial system other to make himself the sacrifice. Right. So, right. And I, um, we're going to find out right now if any of our Messianic friends are listening. Yep. The phone will start ringing. I was, I was already <laughs> looking to see if I was getting messages <laughs> on my phone yet. So, um, Why should they be calling? Is it, am I not? No, there, there are some people. Um, a, a significant act, an actual, portion. Yeah, a significant number of people that believe that not only when Jesus comes back will he rebuild the mosaic temple he will reestablish the whole levitical process to why all, would he I, we're with you on that man yeah <laughs> so there now then there's also debates other debates within the community that think that well no he won't reinstitute all sacrifices only the things like the grain offerings but he won't insti- reinstitute oh, so i don't have to go get a pigeon right, right. or so, a dove right. pardon me well, so there won't so be anything sin. that would require to, anything that would require you to kill an animal oh, that you, okay. you won't need to do but so. but again there are a lot of people you'd yep. be surprised how many people are looking forward to a fully rebuilt functioning levitical priesthood sacrificial yep. system that are believers in messiah you know what i look forward to i look forward to getting on my knees and throwing my crown to him right yep. that's what yep. i look forward to yep. i mean i got i got friends uh, and you know they're like yeah it's gonna be cool hanging out with jesus you know and i said what do you think you go out and shoot right. you know around the golf course with them or something <laughs> that's not going to happen Yep. I mean, this is this is the king of kings right. that we're talking about here. You didn't approach the king of kings that way. Yeah. You kind of groveled your way to him. You're not on – just because you're saved, you're not on equal footing with him. Right, right. And well, people think that we are. That, and that comes from a position of people forgetting that um, 
not only was he a man, he is the divine. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they, they lose the deity. They, they look so much at the humanity of Christ that they lose the deity and they lose his holiness. Um, you know, there are – I am certain that there will be things, um, just like there, there was in the Old Testament uh, temple system, there were things that if you did – you were disqualified from coming to the temple until you were clean again. I'm sure that will be true. You think you think the Messiah, once he has returned, is going to allow you to come in when you're unclean? I don't think so. Be like, um, no, that that is a disrespect to my holiness. You got to go get clean, um, particularly for those who are still outside. Right? I mean, they're a significant portion of the world. Um, however, many that might be, although the Scripture seems to refer to that as a remnant will have been translated and will be in our new bodies, but that's still going to leave at least a third of mankind that is hanging around in fleshly bodies. Um, I suspect there will be some real strict rules there about what can and can't happen. Well, that's at the beginning, the first thousand years, right? right? Correct, correct. After, Which is, after that first thousand years, if you're not on if, – if, if you're not with the program, right. you've got a problem. We right? know very, very – and that's one of those things. Everybody always says, well, what's going to happen after the thousand years? So, well, there's about four verses about it. Right. I, I mean, it's, it, there's, it's a little more than that. But Actually, I think the only thing it references is chapter 22 of Revelation. Right. I think that's the there's only just chapter. Very, very little. It's, it's one of those things. You know, the, the point of Scripture is to demonstrate God's love for us and get us to the point – where we can move into that greater position with God. And he doesn't have a lot to say about what happens after that. There are a few things, you know, new earth, new heaven, new Jerusalem. But, and it says but we're all going to have jobs still. Yep. Could be. But I don't worry about it. Yeah, I really nope. don't. I get in. You get into that, you can freak people out. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, seriously, you can really – you read some things that people are saying I, about – I had a guy come visit the old church years ago, and, uh, and he was – he was just there looking for a girl. Well, that's the only reason he came to visit us one day, right? And he um It's not a bad place I to mean, go. That look. was the first question out of his mouth was what's your singles program like? I was like, Well, would you like to know what we believe first? That's right. Funny. But anyway, the reason I bring it up is because he um <clears throat> so I don't know how he, he just started rambling. He said, "Well, I know a lot about the the uh, millennial reign," and I'm just going, "No, you don't. No, you don't. Nobody don't, knows. Nobody, any, right? Nobody knows anything about that, right? You just have a speculation about it, mm-hmm. right? So we just have to see how all that that plays out. I mean, even even John, who wrote all of that, right, and looked out on it, was totally blown away by it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, totally blown. Can you imagine away. how frustrated he must have been because I mean, he's seen. He's seen today's, for a significant portion, assuming that the Lord is coming back relatively soon, he's looking around at the modern world and then trying to describe that, right? Uh, yeah. let me, um, no, so, no uh, that's where I'm going to totally disagree with you all. That is not as a Hal Lindsey view on the book Revelation. <laughs> he was using a well-known uh, uh, linguistic form of communication. Y'all can tune out for just a second. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow to think that he was trying to describe tanks and helicopters and all that is. I not. didn't say that. I <laughs> said he, if he is describing in time, yeah. then he is describing some portion of that has to be modern world. And there's no way he's got. To, I mean, the electric light alone would have been a miracle for that man. So yeah, that's true. All right. Not to mention if he saw Vegas. <laughs> 
Well, if he's, I think he did. He, he talked about dens of sin and that sort of stuff. So, you know. Solomon Gomorrah. All right. Uh, Steve Hess is here as well as Billy's here. And uh, Scott's not here. He is, again, over in Italy. If you During your prayer time, you might want to remember him in your prayers. Uh, he's going to be girding up for some major battles, I believe, over there yep. while he's there. The, you know that Satan is going to. He's going to he's going to be uh, doing what he does best, which is try to throw everything into disarray. So we'll we'll pray for him to be uh, have a good time while he was there. Make people's hearts ready to hear what his message is, and let that message break through the world's message uh, for people to know that what they're seeing in the world is not the most important thing. Believe it or not, you really hopefully will have a, another place to live after. You, quote, here in this world, die, but you're not going to die. You're going to continue living. So we might spend more time on that sometime uh, in the near future. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll be back. I got a question sent in to us. Uh, this one asking about the religious world in the time of Jesus. Missed the fact that he was the Christ. But what about today? We'll talk about it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let me uh, take you back to the, the question here. Now i got to find it again because I just lost it. Uh, the question was... I happen to have it in front of me. How's that? Okay, why don't you it? says, the religious world in the time of Jesus missed the fact that he was the Christ. Is it possible that the religious world today is missing what it takes to obtain salvation? If they preach anything besides Christ, yes. Mm. Yeah. I well, mean, seriously, if, if you're going to church and they're saying, well, you know, you can be a Muslim and make it up to heaven, uh, no. Yeah. And I, I there's a lady who's running for office, I think out in Arizona, and they're giving her a hard time because she made the statement that uh, there will be Jewish people that won't make it to heaven mm-hmm. because they refuse to acknowledge who Jesus is. Guess what? She's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. She's right. The Bible says, okay, Jesus said, right. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no, no, one, one. no one comes to the Father except yep. through me. No argument now. Yep. There's no argument that's, there. That's mic drop right there. We're done. Yeah. There's, there's no interpretation needed. You, you well, do not get but to him. maybe a tiny bit of, of, of interpretation because um, – we know that the the fathers obtain salvation by looking forward to Messiah, right? Right. Um, it is it is accounted to them as faith. So there's there's a there's a weird there's a weird line there somewhere. Um, I don't have to judge anybody's soul, so I don't get yeah, deep into it. I don't it. worry about that. Um, but are those who are because. We act like every Jew in the world is a religious Jew. <laughs> that is simply not the case at right. all. But what about the religious Jews who are very much looking for a Messiah and have, have got their faith in a coming Messiah? I thank God I don't have to judge their condition because they missed his first arrival. They certainly will not miss his second. I have no earthly idea what their position is going to be. But just like everybody else, Messiah is the only way for them. That's right. So I didn't say, you know, people I say I make that statement and they go, well, that's being pretty presumptuous on you, Dave, uh, that you think that you've got all the truth there. I, I just look at him and go, no, right. I don't have all the truth. 
That's Christ saying right. it. I don't have all the truth, but I have that much yeah, of it. Yeah, I got that a, part of it. I don't doubt that in one iota. There's a significant portion of the church, and it was one of those big statistics that came out a few months ago with the Barna stuff and, and how many people in church uh, do not believe that statement. A lot. Yeah, yeah. it, it, is, it yeah. is a lot. And, um, because we want to look at the world as we see the world, and we see people who are nice people. Well, right, and that's the uh, that's the thing. And here, here's the other part that people miss about all this, because we don't talk about it in church anymore, and it's called sin. Mm-hmm. Jesus has been presented as hippie, your buddy Jesus. That's how he's presented today. Well, he looks like right? a hippie. No, right. I'm just kidding. Right. Well, I heard a guy once say that he kind of he, he's a he's a chaco wearing hippie, right? Just a sando wearing guy that just walk around and said a bunch of cool things. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like no, he sin is repulsive to God. Yeah, it you could use the phrase it makes him vomit. All right, and because we don't want to deal with that word, because we don't like to talk about that word, we just want to say, well, I believe in Jesus. Okay, but do you believe he died for your sins? Right. right? We, people don't want to talk about the severity right. of that word. Right. That, it's a, that little three-letter word is a serious, serious word. Yep. yep. And then they, then they move it away from that. To then they get into the balances, meaning, well, overall, I'm pretty good. That's not what the answer is. Uh-uh. Right. It's, that means All of us fall short. Everybody. At one point, at one time, even the best of persons has failed and has sinned. And the only way that sin was covered was through blood because life is in the blood. That's the only way. It's through the blood. It's through the blood. It's through the blood. There's no other way. So you can't be good enough. You can't do enough. You can't pay enough. You can't pray enough. You can't. That's why the, the sacrifices early on before right. Christ came was the shedding of blood. That's right. Yep. That's why it was. Yep. And so that, and because we moved away from the whole concept of sin, that's why you have a church now that has opened its arms wide to homosexuality, mm-hmm. to um, un, un, um, uncleanliness, unrepentant, fill in the blank. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it is. That's why there's there's just nothing that's unrestrained anymore. That's why when you look at those same statistics, that you'll see the same statistical rate with divorce, with pornography, with you know almost what? everything. Here's the crazy thing. That has, that has historically been true for the church for the last hundred years. I, I saw a report the other day, and I didn't go check its source, so I don't – I may be talking out of the side of my head here – that the divorce rate is actually has now creeped higher in the church than yeah. it is in the outside world. It's yeah. like, excuse me, excuse me, yep. are you kidding? We just we you know, I, I pray that Messiah doesn't devalue marriage as much as we do. That's all I'm saying. Well, because since we are married to Him, mm-hmm. please don't divorce me. It's Lord. because from the pulpits we've talked down on sin. Right. Yeah, yeah, we haven't zeroed in on sin. You know, I'm fitting what one of the um, <laughs> yeah the. Uh, when I was reading through some of the stuff Got one minute. in the Old Testament, I was reading through the law, <clears throat> and it talked about these men who either did this and they committed this sin, and it said several several times, whether it be any kind of sexual immorality or murder or theft, it says he will bear the guilt of his iniquity. And we don't do that anymore. What we do is we go, oh, well, he suffers from an addiction. 
or he suffers from whatever, and we right. justify, we justify the action. an excuse. Yeah. Well, his daddy didn't play ball with him enough when he was a kid, so he turned into a psychopath. So it's really not his problem that he committed these sins, right? That he murdered these people, that he's raped these women, or that he, he's addicted to pedophilia. Whatever it is, put put a sin in there. Drunkenness. You will bear the guilt of your own iniquity, and there will be nobody to blame but yourself. All right, a break. Bill O'Reilly with us on the Dave Ellswick Show. Is it possible that the church today, because it was the religious leaders in the time of Christ who right. missed out on who Christ was, mm-hmm. is it possible that that is happening today as well? Yeah. If you put it in the greater context, right? So we know one of the one of the things that's mistakenly spoken about um, first century Judaism is that they were all a bunch of hypocrites and they all missed it. And that's not true. Right. It's the religious leadership of the day missed it. It was the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Correct. Those were the two primary. But there was also, there was the Nicodemuses, right? There were a whole bunch oh, of yeah. Pharisees that believed. Uh, and there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people that followed Messiah, that believed. Right. A lot of people don't realize that. Right. And it was at one point after Lazarus's resurrection that they said, if we don't stop him, the whole world will believe in him because he was doing everything. So the reason I start off with that is, is because the religious establishment of that day did not recognize him. <clears throat> because he came differently. Well, I think it's two things. One, he came differently than they expected. And two, their own pride. Right. He threatened their power base. Correct. And that was the other part. Like, if you, and I've said this before, if you take and just throw any big name preacher out there today, take them all and pick the 12 most famous. And let's say that the vast majority of their doctrine is wrong. And Jesus had come back and was telling them that their doctrine was wrong. How would they handle How that? would they handle something that they believed that the Spirit of God had showed them and they taught, but here he is now in the flesh going, no, you're wrong. Yeah. Would they be willing to accept that and forego their $50 million Learjets and their fame and their prestige, which was the same thing that was happening in, in the first century? It's human pride and arrogance, right? Yeah. And so I would argue that there were many that would reject him today if he came. I, I jokingly say when he comes back, Let's, let's just say how we kind of believe, how Billy and I and, and many in the Messianic community believe, that when he comes back during the millennial reign, we'll be celebrating the Shabbat. We'll be celebrating the biblical feast, right? The, the Bible says that in, in uh, Zechariah that we'll be going up year to year to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. There are some people in traditional church today that would believe he's the Antichrist. Right, right. Because he came back. He's and doing all these Jewish things. Right, he's doing all these Jewish things. He's right. the Antichrist, right? And so there are certain beliefs that people have that are contrary to Scripture. Whatever the reason was, they've accepted them, and that many are missing. I mean, even what we just talked about before the break, the very basic fundamentals, foundations of Christianity, he is the sacrifice. He right. is the one that makes the way. That is foundational 101 Christianity. And the, a vast majority of Christianity today doesn't accept that he is the only way to heaven. Why do you think that here in christendom today i just i guess that's a way of putting it uh which is so far from many of the beliefs that of judaism that uh, they don't get that that they don't understand that first and foremost yes he was the son of god uh he was um, he was god made flesh 
here in our in our earth. But he was a Jew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a Jew. Period. He didn't come to establish a new religion. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people think that he came to establish a new religion. What? Because he didn't say I've I've come to to build my synagogue? Right. He you know, did, which is actually what he said. It's is, basically yeah, the same exactly thing. Said, right. And I and I don't I, I don't get how I don't know why and and how come other than Satan does his work. Yep. And he did it very effectively in the He's in the third and fourth up. in the third and fourth century. Uh, we poured a ton of paganism directly into Christianity, and in the process, uh, we poured so much paganism into Christianity that its roots were no longer visible. Um, you know, we we buried the roots of the faith under paganism, and you, you can't. Unless you go looking for the roots, unless you go out and do the work and push the leaves aside and and trim uh, the vines, you can't see the roots anymore and realize that the roots look nothing like what has grown on top of it. It is um, the the good vine that was supposed to grow and produce fruit has been strangled uh, by poison ivy and poison oak and poison whatever, and um, what we have inherited um, some 1,400 years later, if we're talking about the 4th century, um, 1,600 years later, we we no longer recognize uh, what was originally the root of the faith. And that is um, that is really what we do, it mm-hmm. is the reason that, um, you know, some hundred years ago or just shy of that, people started looking around and going, wait, this doesn't look or feel like what Scripture seems to indicate the faith is. Um, and that, that it's... It's that search that leads most of the people who do what we do. Uh, it's that very search that leads them to where they're at today. So, and that what you kind of hinted on there is it sounds sometimes so just clicheic and a cop out is it actually is very demonic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because the whole role of the adversary is to keep you away from the Father yeah. and the promises of God. Yep. And it doesn't mean he I wants mean, to destroy you. Correct. That's correct. bottom line. And, and if he can't destroy you, he's going to keep you away from the promises of God. There's a, there's Millions, I don't know, maybe even billions of people that believe that Jesus died for their sins and they lived a holy, set apart life and they never celebrated a Passover service and they, they went to church on Sundays and they ate pork chops or they celebrated, you know, Christmas and Easter and all that stuff. <clears throat> but they missed the blessing of seeing them in his proper context. They right. missed the blessing. And, and to clarify, all those people will be in heaven with us. Correct, so. correct, yes. And they're, they're saved people. Um, but the reason I believe that the adversary pushed so early on, I mean, first of all, the, the separation of what happened in the judgment of Israel in 70 A.D., Jesus said very clearly, I think it's in Luke 19, that you that this destruction's coming because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. Because the leadership at that time didn't recognize him, he destroyed the nation because the ultimate sin was the rejection of the Messiah right. and the death of the Messiah. <clears throat> now, after the judgment came and the second and final dispersion in 135 AD happened and the, the Jews were then ultimately dispersed into all the world then the church had also been spreading before that right that was all the Paul's missionaries journeys right. and all the churches that were established in all of Europe and in Eastern Asia uh, I guess Western Asia um, well the, to me this is the thing that makes the most sense why the adversary continued to persecute the Jewish people um, one why he persecuted the Jewish people and two, why all of this stuff came into the church. Because one of the final statements 
one of the last things that Jesus said in Matthew 23, as he was standing on the Mount of Olives, he said that, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you, but you are not willing. He said, You will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's a quote from um, Psalms 118, which is a declaration that he is Messiah. <clears throat> so the Jewish people, Jerusalem itself, will not see the Messiah until they declare him to be Messiah. So how do you prevent the Jewish people from declaring him to be the Messiah? You keep them out of the land. And you make the Messiah look as anti-Jewish as you can. Right. And so all these people who thought they were doing good things, in some cases, other times they were just straight up wicked. And they begin to bring in, as Billy was referencing, all this different Gnostic and pagan stuff. And Constantine really kind of got the ball rolling, even though everybody kind of just lumps everything at him. He's not the ultimate one who did it. I mean, it started long before Constantine. Yeah, yeah. But what happened is, is when all these people in Rome and when Christianity became the main religion of Rome... He said, hey, all you guys that are doing all this stuff for Mithra and the Norse and all this other stuff, just just throw Jesus' name on it now. You can still do what you're doing. Just put Jesus' name on right. it. So then they took him away from being a Jew from Jerusalem to now a, a pagan from Babylon, a pagan from Rome, and now he looks nothing like it. So the Jewish people will never accept him as Messiah when he says, hey, eat a ham sandwich. Don't keep Shabbat, and then just do whatever you want on these other pagan holidays. Yeah. They will never see him. At, they will say he cannot be the Jewish Messiah, right? Because right. he's he's basically telling people to sin, so he cannot be Messiah. And so I think that's in part why so much of that stuff got lost is because the enemy is trying to keep um, his people from God's people from seeing him for who he is. All right, we got to get a break in. Steve Hess, Billy's still with us. I'll still be here, and we'll still talk some more on the Bible, guys, when we return. We were just getting a a teaching moment <laughs> with Steve. It's good stuff. Good well, stuff. Uh, let me just continue it with just to make the point about what we were talking about off air is about how you have to be so open. There are certain things that are unwaverable. And this is what we were talking about at the beginning. There is only one God, and it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's yud Vavay. He has a son who came, and it's him in the flesh, who came through man. He is Emmanuel. And he died for our sins and rose on the third day, and you must live a moral and ethical life. Everything else within Christianity is up for debate. And what I mean by moral and ethical, it doesn't mean that you stumble. The phrase that's used in the New Testament is, it says that those who lie and steal and cheat and commit adultery and do all these other things and drunkenness and all of that, it says those who practice Practice. such things will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So if you are walking in an unrepented life, but you say, I believe, then the Bible says that's not good enough. Correct. You you have to... You're fooling yourself. You you have fooled yourself to think that you can be sleeping around on your wife and go go to church on Sunday and think you're going to go to heaven. That's a lie. Right. Now, whatever you believe about the end times, um, how we understand the fullness of the, the Trinity, how we understand how the world was created, all of that stuff is up for debate. <clears throat> but those things are not. And we have to be – and the reason I say that this way is because there are certain things, as they say, is a hill that you have to die on. But the things that – and it was what led to part of the question – uh, why did they miss it is because they had certain things that were open but they wouldn't change on them and right, so we right. have to be open about certain things that the bible is not clear about 
And, it, and I remember there was, there was, did you hear about the guy, the preacher, or not preacher, he was the president of a Christian school in Florida, and he released a statement saying, we are not bowing to yes. LGBT. And trans- yes. He said, I don't even know why this is a debate. The Bible could not be any more clear That's on correct. it. That's correct. And, it's, and it, his statement is true. You cannot misinterpret. I mean, it says it so plainly simple. A man shall not lie with a man as he does with a woman. There's no translation. Do you know what that means? It means a man shall not lie with a man as he does with a woman. That's a <laughs> Simple, Pretty clear. Right. It's as simple as saying, thou shalt not steal. If it's not yours, don't take it. I don't need to know the Greek or the Hebrew or the Latin on any of that. If it's not yours, don't take it. If it's not your wife, don't sleep with her. It's that clear. And some of these things are just that abundantly clear, but because of the rebellious, rebelliousness of the flesh and, and yeah. all of that, people are just going to go, no, I want to go to heaven and still do what I want to do. Right. And right. that's not what the Bible teaches. So... But the things like we talk about all the time, the rapture and how end time stuff are going to play out or whatever, there's just certain things that we've got to be somewhat flexible on and, and be careful about our dogmatism in those areas. Well, That's all we were saying. Basically what I say, if it doesn't have you know, eternal consequences, I don't worry about it. Right. You know, I really don't. I don't get into – I used to get – you can probably figure that out. I used to get in all kinds of arguments about that stuff, and then I felt that it's counterproductive. It is. Well, I still get into arguments with people, but the people I'm willing to get into arguments with has changed radically. I, I don't. I don't argue. I don't argue with the ignorant anymore because it's a waste of time. I don't argue with someone whose faith is not stupid strong. Uh, I don't argue with people who have a, a radically different worldview than me. What I will do is sit with with Steve over here and and we'll fight about some things. Yeah. Um but that is because I know at the end of the day it's fun. Well, I know at the end of the day our relationship is not going to change right. and I'm not going to do any harm to you eternally. So we can have these conversations and go, look, I disagree with you on this point and here's why you're wrong. Right? Isn't, isn't so, that what iron sharpening iron means? Yep. Correct. Correct. Yep. You right. have to have people that disagree with you, and we don't like that. Right. We want people to smile at us and pat us on the back and lie to us. I got right. it. You figured that out. Right. Well, yeah. and and the, and that is the reason that the the U.S. is in the condition it is in because if we find somebody who disagrees with it, we kick them out of the church so they can go start their own. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, well, you don't you don't agree with everything we do, so you you got to go away. It's like, well, how about instead you sit down, shut up, and listen for a minute and see if maybe you can learn something. I was, was watching TV. Sunday. Yep. All right, before I went to church there at New Life. And I was tuned in to a church out of Pine Bluff. They had live broadcast. And I listened to him spend time, uh, a good 30 minutes almost, uh, complain about smoke machines, loud music, and 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 that is not a, a way of worshiping. And I was thinking to myself, dude, you missed the boat here. You're worrying about things you don't have to worry about. That's not leading. Christ said, the the apostles came and said, there's a guy that's preaching about this, and he's not one of us. Right. And he said, well, shut up and let him preach. Yeah. You know, he's on our side. He's not against us. And that's exactly how I see people that worship differently than I do. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's unless, another unless it's to- very obvious what they're doing is not biblical. Right. But you can't tell me that because you got guitars and drums, 
in a, in a church service that you're not worshiping the way Christ wants you to worship. Right. Um, there's another place in the New Testament where Paul's dealing with somebody who's actually preaching for the wrong motives. He's not preaching because he's called, but he said basically a phrase like, uh, whether by pretense or whatever, he said the gospel is still being preached. Right. And, and that's why and I'm getting ready to teach next month on what Billy and I often refer to as the scariest verse in all the Bible, Ooh, yep. <clears throat> which is, depart from me, I never knew you. Mm. So not everybody who calls me Lord is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's right. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says, hey, you didn't think you were going to make it? Hey, you got in, right? Right, right. But it says that there are people who think they're going that are not going. Right. <clears throat> and so this guy that Paul was referencing was preaching wrong motives, but yet he was still preaching. That man may or may not be saved, yeah. but the gospel was still being preached. So even if people – now, if they're preaching that there's other ways, then they're not preaching the gospel, no. right? But if they're preaching some things that may be a little bit different than what we believe, but the basic premise of the gospel, which is uh, the good news of the kingdom, that the king came and he died for our sins, right, uh, then everything else can be, okay, that's kind of yep. up for debate. But no, I, I mean, I'm, no, I agree with your, what you're saying. I just – I just find it kind of – and that's why we've got so many denominations. Yeah. 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 It's know, funny. I can't, I can't worship with you because blah, blah, whatever the reason is. If it's not one of of a of, of reason that has eternal consequences, then I'm just telling you it's a wrong reason. Yeah. When, when Pastor Scott and I first started getting together and, and we were talking about all kinds of stuff, <laughs> I, I bring the smoke machine thing. I told him, I said, if you ever put a smoke machine in this building, I said, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> there are it, – it's possible to take it too far. It really is. It's it's possible to turn it into nothing more than a show. experience. A show, yeah. Right. Uh, come and experience the show that we've got to put on for you. Uh, if, if Jesus gets left out of all of that, then you've done nothing but have a rock concert. So – um, but, um, you know, go, go, and this is one of those things, I have a problem with denominations who we can't do any music and can't have any instruments. It's like, right. uh, well, then you should probably go talk to Jesus about that because uh, <laughs> he that would have. <laughs> uh, he certainly would have within the synagogues that he was in and uh, should probably have a conversation with David, his, his you know, his right. father's 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 father. Cause, Psalms 145 cause, through 150. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, uh, there's a whole bunch of instruments listed uh, and that seems to progress all the way into, well, eternity. So, you know, I, I'm afraid you're going to be a little disappointed when you show up and I always like the symbols uh, are being played. When I've had that debate, and it's with certain denominations, I'm not going to mention your name, but with some friends and they go, well, you don't see the instruments mentioned in the New Testament. I was like, yeah, well, you don't see cars, so you better start walking. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'll see air conditioners, so please That's go right. turn yours turn off. off your air conditioner. So, yeah. Right. yeah, well, <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm not up to to worshiping in my BVDs, but David did. Yep. Right. Well, you know, and that statement you just so made. caught up. Yeah, dance smooth out of his clothes, right? Uh, that statement you've just made, the only way, and this is one of those things that drives me insane, the only way you can make a statement like that is for someone who thinks that that page in your Bible that separates mm. Matthew from the Old Testament means that everything changed. Yeah. That's the only way you can – I'm sorry. What you're seeing coming after that is built on the foundation of what came just before that. And yeah. guess what? Music was a part of it. Yeah. God loves music, period. I wonder what they're going to do in heaven when everybody's dancing and worshiping with music and instruments. You're going to be over there. You're sitting in the corner, man. That's why you have to have a thousand year reign, right? You got to let them get over that. So. 
Got to get got to get with the program. I told you, learn how to play an instrument. Got to get with the program. I just don't want to be forced to play the tuba again. That's what I had to. That's what I had to play when I was in junior high. I wanted to play saxophone. They handed me this big old thing. Well, no, it wasn't even a tuba. It was a baritone. Yep, yep. Which yep. is a step before the tuba. Yep. <laughs> At least I it's a little easier to carry, right? Yeah, it's a little smaller, a little wanna, lighter. I didn't so. want anything to do with it, to be honest. Guys, it's always a pleasure to have you always. here. It's always fun to talk about this. And uh, I hope that, you know, we've, you know, maybe uh, hit your interest a little bit. So do me a favor. Saturday, go visit, uh, you know, uh, over at Agape at what at one o'clock, one o'clock, and uh, join them for Shabbat there. Or if you just want to kind of stay with what everybody's doing, go to church on 10. Sunday. Yep. Go to church on Sunday, but go and uh, you know spend some time with the living God. Amen. With that, okay. I will uh, be back at nine o'clock. Jerry Cox is going to be with me. We'll disagree on some stuff, I'm sure, but we'll agree on more. That's coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. o'clock final hour dave ellswick show tuesday jerry cox in the house invited him in uh, last well late yesterday afternoon and uh made himself open to come on from family council and we're going to talk today about you know legalizing uh recreational marijuana want to talk a little bit about uh What's something I didn't know about? He brought me up to date on it, and that's the uh, Religious Freedom Act that's going to be on the ballot. We'll talk about that and uh, some other things. Who knows where our conversation will will lead us. I will also tell you that I have called Mr. Lancaster, who is the uh, kind of the spokesman and, and um, uh, lawyer for the uh, uh, recreational marijuana people, to come on my show. And I've called him four times. I've text or emailed him twice, and I've never even gotten a, a a call back or an email back from him. And I know it's him because uh, he leaves a you know leave me a message message. So uh, if if you want to know what they think, better luck to you trying to figure it out totally for them. Now I went to bat for them on the air because of what the. Um, election commission was doing because i thought it was absolutely wrong to tell somebody go out and collect signatures for a possible uh, piece of legislation to go on the ballot and then once you got uh, you got the signatures you passed uh, the whole thing of how many signatures you needed and i guess they had like two hundred thousand. they only counted the eighty nine thousand, whatever that they needed and said it's 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 good, and then the election commission said no, we don't like that it it doesn't set a, a regulatory amount for THC. And I thought to myself, now that's stupid. I mean, if that's the case, then what they should do is read the uh, all of the verbiage first, and then tell you you need to change this. 
you know, and then go out and collect signatures. And, be, and uh, you know, I, I've had a couple lawyers on about it. They agreed with what I'm saying. And lo and behold, the Supreme Court of Arkansas agreed with what I said. And uh, so they said, look, we're going to put it on the ballot. And that's the way it should have been. And then if there's something illegal about it, this is I just think it's completely backwards. But if there's something illegal about it, then they can just not count the votes. That would be what they would do. So Jerry's come on. He wants to talk about why uh, you shouldn't vote it, vote for it because you might as well move move on now and figure it's going to be on the ballot and uh, come out and make a case on it. <laughs> That's why I asked you to come well, on. Yeah, and Dave, I appreciate you having me on and getting to talk about this because most people hear recreational marijuana and they think, oh, that sounds like fun. But they don't understand the nuances of the measure and exactly how fatally flawed the measure is on its face. And so, by the way, Dave, I do agree with uh, what you were saying about the process it's backwards. I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't. Uh, you know, I, obviously, I'm against any kind of marijuana, but the way those people got treated, that ain't right. Uh, yeah. You know, that you should not go out and spend all your money, gather your signatures, and then go beg a board uh, to uh, approve your measure. That was passed by the legislature. I spoke against it when they passed it. That was done by some special interests that wanted to deliberately find ways to keep citizens from putting things on the ballot. And um, I I told them they were wrong, and I still believe they're wrong. I I do, too. I think the marijuana folks were wronged, um, but I'm still against their measure. I'm still against the amendment. They're going to have to change it. Because right now I think they got egg on their face. Well, we'll see. But uh, I tell you what – Dave, when I look at the um, so-called uh, Arkansas Adult Use Cannabis Amendment, that's the official name, and I look at the things that it does to our state, and Dave, it just it, it absolutely grieves me uh, the way this thing is put together because it creates an uncontrollable monopoly, and uh, you'll have out-of-state drug cartels coming in here setting up marijuana operations. And there won't be a thing the legislature can do about it because of the way this amendment's written. All right. So i got to ask this question because I think it's the, the overriding question. With, with the baby boomers now getting older and the people after the baby boomers, of course, marijuana has been a drug that has been used and misused and abused for years now. And I think there's a lot of baby boomers that don't see any harm in it. Well, they don't, and unfortunately, the, the, the science um, is there for them to read. They're just not looking at it. They are they are ignoring the science. Here is the science, and people can put the blinders on and you know say, "I'm not going to listen to this," but the science doesn't lie. Here's what it says: It says if you start using marijuana products, not just smoking it, but eating it, ingesting it. As a young person, and you do it on a regular basis, you are going to lose points off your IQ. You are going to have memory loss. You are going to lose the years that you spent sitting around high on marijuana and maybe not finish school, not amount to as much as you would have otherwise. And you may say, well, okay, so if people want to hurt themselves, let them do it. And I get that. But here's the thing, Dave. You don't hurt yourself in a vacuum 
it affects everybody around you. Mm-hmm. And what we have here is we have people saying, well, what I do doesn't, doesn't affect anybody else. I beg your pardon. One of the reasons our foster care system is overrun with children who don't have a mom and dad is because of drug abuse. And it's marijuana, it's opioids, it's all across the board, alcohol, everything. And it makes no sense for us to spend millions of dollars fighting the opioid epidemic and turn right around here and open the door wide to a big industry whose sole way of operating is to create more drug addicts. They cannot exist unless they create more people who are addicted to marijuana. And so that is nonsensical for us to do that. And I hope people wake up and see it. And people say, well, you can't be addicted to marijuana. Yes, you can. I could line up a bunch of psychiatrists who work with teenagers, and they would tell you straight up, marijuana is addictive. There's a thing called marijuana disorder where people cannot stop using marijuana, even if it's hurting them physically and socially. Dave, that's addiction. And that's what this does, and that's what we're opening ourselves up to. It's not, There's nothing recreational about it. Okay. So let, let's run through all of the different things that, that I've – Jerry has shared with me all of the information that they're using when they were fight against this bill. All right, just so you know, fight against this measure. It's not a bill. Uh, and he's got four areas specifically that they're zeroing in on. One is crime. One is drug uh, legalization. One is harm to communities. The other is uh, uncontrollable mon- uh, monopoly and then appealing to children. Those are the... Uh, five mm-hmm. issues that you guys mm-hmm. have here. So let's start with crime. What is it about uh, about this that worries you about crime? Dave, what this amendment does, it repeals large sections of Amendment 98, which is the uh, medical marijuana measure. It repeals big sections of that, and it converts those medical marijuana facilities into recreational marijuana facilities where anybody over the age of 21 can just walk in buy all the marijuana products that you want. There's a residency requirement in the medical marijuana amendment. It says you've got to be a resident of Arkansas, and it's got to be owned by people who live here. They did away with that. You can be a resident of any place. So that opens the door wide open for cartels from anywhere to come in here and own the, the marijuana farms, Mm-hmm. and processing facilities and own the stores, the dispensaries where it's sold. It is ripe for them to come in here. And here's the thing. The amendment doesn't even require a criminal background check for the people that work in the processing and the farms or work in the stores. They don't have to do a criminal background check. And it even exempts criminal background checks for the license holders who hold less than 5%. Well, think about it, Dave. You, me, my best friend, your best friend, we could each own a little under 5% of something and never even have to be background checked. Okay. And so that opens the door for them to just march right in here and for it to be owned by out-of-state, powerful, um, organized marijuana interests. Okay. So I this is part of it that I don't know, all right, mm-hmm. is our, our – 
places that sell, like, for instance, alcohol, are they going to be able to sell marijuana? Well, you have to have a license. And okay. that's a, that's a, that is an excellent point in that the people that are already selling medical marijuana get a license to sell recreational, and then they get a second license to open a second dispensary. So we have 32 marijuana stores right now that do medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. They're going to be able to keep doing medical, and they will get a recreational license, and each of them will get another recreational license that they can open a store five miles or more from where the one they have is located. So what we're going to do is we're going to double right off the bat, and it does more than that, but we're going to double the number of stores. In fact, when it's all said and done, Arkansas will, instead of having 32 stores, we'll have 104 places where people can buy marijuana. And instead of eight farms, we're going to have 20. So uh, it's going to bump up the number quite a bit. But watch that criminal side to this because they're coming. This is being financed. Well, they're in Colorado. We yeah. already know about yeah. them. It's being financed by big marijuana interest. Uh, it was the marijuana growers who financed the gathering of the signatures. And they were they're the ones that crafted the proposed amendment. So they wrote it the way they want it. And they're trying to have it the way they want it. All right, got to get our first break in, and uh, if you mind taking calls, go for it. All right, if you want to call in and ask Jerry any questions, here's your opportunity: five zero one eight two three zero nine six five five zero one eight two three zero nine six five. He'll be happy to handle any calls. He's a big boy. I know Jerry. All right, he can handle your calls. If you get if you get ugly, you're leaving immediately just so you'll know all right uh, don't forget about east end towing east end towing is ready to help you you get on the out on the road you find yourself stuck out on the side of the road somewhere you call east end towing their number is 501-888-8849 and uh, they belong to the arkansas tow and recovery board they have licensed and insured tow operation and they have uh, all their trucks permitted so you know that they're all covered as far as as that's concerned. They know everything about doing a, a private tow. That, that's if you've got to have your car or truck or whatever it is you drive uh, towed off of private land. It's different than if you're on public land. So they can handle that for you as well. And they also know about how uh, people end up at the impound a lot, and they can keep that from happening to you as well. All you got to do is ask a few questions. That's East End Towing. That number again, 501-888-8849. Dave Ellswick Show, back in just a moment. Now, I'll be honest. There's some things about uh, this bill or this, it would be a uh, constitutional amendment, basically. That's right, Dave. It's writing the marijuana industry into the Arkansas Constitution. That's what it does. All right. Well, there's some things in it that I'm concerned about, and I think every citizen should be concerned about it. Let's talk about – I know there's a lot of people that will say, but there's so much money in it, Dave. There's so much money. We can tax it, and then we can turn around and use that money to, I don't know, uh, pay for reading programs in elementary school or something. Mm -hmm. Uh But here's the problem. And the devil is always in the details when you're looking at a bill. I'm concerned that it it sets the tax rate for marijuana in this piece of, of what's 
effectively a piece of legislation. Dave, you are right. It sets all the taxes. Yes. And it prohibits anybody else from raising the taxes or even touching it. And here's how it works. So they've written this amendment. The marijuana industry wrote it. Well, of course they're going to write the tax part so it's favorable to them. So here's the first thing they did. They eliminated all the taxes on so-called medical marijuana. It's not taxed at all. Okay. Not a penny. And they said, and no one else can tax it, meaning the legislature can't tax it, local government can't tax it, nobody can tax it. That's in the Constitution if this passes. The next thing they did is they set themselves a a, a very low tax rate on so-called recreational marijuana. And they said, and by the way, no one can change this tax, not the legislature. That's where my problem nobody. comes in. That's nobody. where my problem nobody. comes in. And so you mark my words, this amendment, if it passes, is going to cost the taxpayers money rather than make money for them because the marijuana industry wrote their own tax amounts into it. Yeah, it's kind of like we've been talking about here recently. Uh, Jimmy Cavan and I, I have him on, you know, he'll be back on Thursday. And and we've been doing some checking on different uh, cities and counties and things and how they spend money. And we start finding out that people have, uh, you know, credit cards. And they they go out and they spend and buy things on credit card uh, with taxpayers' money. And then they're the person that has to okay what it is that they're buying. Well, that's that's giving the fox the, the keys to the hen house. So well, it, it is, Dave. And let me underline this. The amendment says the legislature cannot regulate marijuana. It says that. It says you cannot regulate Amendment 98, which is... Uh, medical marijuana, and you can't regulate this amendment if it passes. So it is out of reach for any government to do anything to this once it passes. We are stuck with it. And the only way you can get rid of it is to put another amendment on the ballot and get everybody to approve it. But guess what? Once this is in there, do you think the marijuana industry is going to allow another amendment to get on the ballot? No, they'll fight it. They'll fight it hard. Yeah. It's the same way we gambling all of that and all of it It, Mm -hmm. as you know the people that can get hurt if another kind of law came in we'll fight against it absolutely absolutely don't want anybody taking any of their pie and don't want them to get any of the whipped cream either all right so let's talk about a few other things that i think people should think about i know things came up in my mind when i started reading this all right it says it, this is about cannabis, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. Now, when I think about that, I'm thinking about somebody's got an ounce in, in a little baggie somewhere and right. some, and got some uh, papers that they want to write to you know, roll themselves a, 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 a cigarette, a, a, a blunt, a joint, whatever right. you want to call right. it. That's not what this is. This legalizes THC as well. Well, and what you have to do is read their definition of cannabis because you're right, Dave. When I say cannabis, people think about a plant. Mm-hmm. They think about a marijuana plant. But when you read their definition of cannabis, that's not what that's not what it is. It is is any compound, any chemical, any drug that can be extracted from the cannabis plant. 
and it's any concoction that they can come up with. Now, now that's past, present, and future. It's a blank check. Okay. It is a blank check. So if some clever chemist out here says, look what I found in the cannabis plant that is deadly, highly addictive, whatever it is, guess what? It's legal in Arkansas because we said past, present, or future, it all applies the same. And so tetrahydrocannabinol, which is THC. Easy for you to say. Yeah, I've been practicing. And I can spell it, too, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, But uh, that is a very powerful chemical compound that is in the marijuana plant. Psychoactive. It is. And what they do is they extract that from the plant, just like you would get heroin out of a poppy plant. You know, we, we don't we don't call it poppy. We call it heroin, or we call it opium, or we call it morphine, but it all comes from that plant. Right. Uh, so we've been done a good job of separating that. We're not doing that with these compounds that are coming out of the marijuana plant. We just say, oh, it's just cannabis. Well, no, it's not. It is a powerful compound that's that's very strong, and they put it in food. They put it in drinks. Guess what, Dave? There was a um, limit on how much THC you could put in mar- marijuana foods uh, in the marijuana amendment, mm-hmm. uh, the, the medical one. They repealed it. So they can put as much THC in food or drink as they want to. In fact, they could give you a little thing of pure THC if they wanted to, and that would be your one ounce. And that stuff is as potent as can be. And so you're legalizing THC when you do this. All right. Hold your thoughts. we got to get a break in. Uh, Jerry Cox is our guest uh, from Family Council here in Little Rock. He'll be with us for the rest of the hour. If you have a question, you can call in 501-823-0965. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. we got news for you right now, and then we'll be back with more on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, talking about uh, legalization of, uh, you know, marijuana, recreational marijuana. So I want you to stick around to hear this, plus uh, a piece of legislation that will be on your ballot that I didn't know about, uh, in, and it's a, kind of a RIFRA bill again. Well, it's the uh, Arkansas um, Religious Freedom Amendment. It'll be uh, Issue 3, and... Um, Dave, what it does is it writes into our Constitution, guess what, that we have religious freedom. It's kind of sad that we got to write it in again, isn't it? Well, and see, people people say, well, uh, you know, isn't the U.S. Constitution enough? Well, not anymore because uh, – Not what we've seen here lately. Yeah, uh, and so we need to state the obvious in our own Constitution – which will back up and agree with what's in the federal constitution. And that's a great amendment. Legislature referred it out, and uh, it'll be voted on in November. If people vote for it, then we have religious freedom written into the constitution. All right. We're going to talk about that as well. Right now, I need to talk to you about David Lucas Financial. He'll help you buy uh, silver and gold. They'll tell you you need about 15% precious metals uh, to, to kind of ward off the the uh, inflation that we got going up. Yeah, I say that, and I make the sign of the cross, keep the vampire away. But uh, if you really want to make sure that you're you're safe, have about 15% silver and gold in your nest egg. But 
How do you buy silver and gold? It's not like buying just a piece of paper. I mean, are you really buying cougarands or something like that? You need to know all the ins and outs on that, and that's how David Lucas Financial helps you with this. You call him at 501, or one of the people that work for him, 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. And learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets, your IRA, 401k, even that hard-earned money you try to put in a savings account in the bank. And while you got it in a bank like that, I don't know. But the bottom line, if you do, you want to know how you can protect it. 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. We're about 20 minutes away from the top of the hour. We're going to come back and talk about religious freedom as well. But i got a few other things we want to touch base on and it's been funny because i've been talking here with jerry during the break jerry cox is our special guest and um, asking him questions and guess what uh i'm glad i asked him the question (laughs) there's a lot there's a lot of loopholes Mm -hmm. in this particular piece of legislation david it was written by the marijuana industry what do you expect do you expect they're not i mean I, I say that you know with tongue in cheek of course i mean everybody needs to read it and we need to understand it but i'm not surprised right. that the industry would write it with loopholes are you no no not at not all a bit, not all a right bit. so again i want to i do want to stress <clears throat> that this piece if this becomes part of the constitution the state legislature at that point will have nothing to say about marijuana, Bishop. That's correct. It specifically says in the amendment that the legislature cannot change this. They cannot regulate it. They cannot do it really anything regarding it. And that includes zoning laws at, at the local level. It cl- includes taxes. The, the measure that this proposed amendment, they wrote their own tax rates, um, which, you know, if you let a bunch of marijuana industry people write their own tax rate, what do you think you're going to get? Yeah, you're going to get a break. <laughs> a big break, yeah. <laughs> and not for the not for the, the rest of us. We're going to be paying for it, but they're going to get a huge break. Okay, quickly, all right, because I do want to get to the, yeah. the religious liberty. And that, <clears throat> excuse me, and that being asking the question, what can a, a town or what can a county do well, with this? Well, the, the, they not much. Um, first of all, they can't zone it. Uh, it, it. It 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 has to be allowed in any place you let any other business locate outside of a residential area. So you can't zone it. You can't tax it because the amendment says you can't. And then the only thing that it, it, a little opening there, a county or a city can circulate petitions. If they get enough signatures, they can put it on the ballot in the county. And if people vote, uh, they can keep the stores out. Okay, but Uh, there's a caveat to that. (laughs) But they can't keep the farms out. So they can still grow it and process it right there in your town. Uh, It's just they won't be able to to sell it uh, there. And I don't know why they did it that way, but that's a really high hill to get over. And you know the marijuana industry will fight that ballot proposal if somebody were to get one out there they're going to use all their millions of dollars to fight it so um, pretty much there's nothing a, a local community can do okay and then finally and, and god forbid us if we ever tried to make this legal but uh, thc 
can be infused into just about anything. And this opened, and I know this is for people 21 years of age and right. up. Right. But everybody knows, you know, just talking about beer right. and, and alcohol, that it gets down into the lower uh, ages. If it comes down to they okay, put it in candy, it's going to get in the kids. Well, and they repealed most of the um, – they repealed, Dave, most of the um, packaging regulations that were on the uh, medical marijuana. It it had some language in there that said it can't be appealing to children, and you have to have, I believe, child-proof um, packaging. Well, they changed child proof, or they said now it's just child resistant. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between well, yeah. it's like waterproof and water resistant. Um, and the same thing with child proof and child resistant. So all they have to have is child resistant. And they left all the labeling regulations up to the Alcoholic Beverage Control Board, which again is a five member unelected board that I think could be influenced. Well, it's a lot of power in a small board. It is. Just like the election committee. It is. And so you're right, Dave. This is going to find its way into the hands of kids. And if they go in there and they see a plastic bag full of colorful gummy bears and chocolates and things like that, they're going to reach for it. And that happens in every place where they've regulated this. Kids end up in the emergency room because they've overdosed on THC because you don't know how much THC is going to end up in these edibles. It could be so much that it could really harm a child. All right. So there you go. I tried to run over all the major parts (laughs) of this. I think I gave you enough to think about today. you got a lot. Are are you going to make this available uh, to average uh, Arkansans so they can get a copy of this? Yeah, the the thing that you and I are looking at right now is still in draft form, Dave. But we're going to put up a website, have some information there push this out in different ways there are more things wrong with this proposed amendment than you and i talked about okay um but we don't have time to talk about it today i could probably i'll bring it back on don't worry there are probably at least half a dozen other things that people need to know about that is concerning about this measure okay so just keep listening i'll let you know where you can get this because i expect we'll see the exact same kind of these these things that we're hearing today and we're talking about today will be counter argued against by the industry, right? And we'll see what they have to say about them. Then you got to sit and make up your mind and weigh them, right? I, I I'm going to be honest. I I weigh against this when they're saying that the legislature that you take them out of the mix completely, right? right. And there might be people out here that are kind of for it, but I want to say to you, be sure you're for this amendment. And not what you imagine it to be, but what it really is. Do you well, really I'll, want I'll this? Share with, I, look, I'm going to share with you exactly what I told Jerry. Mm-hmm. I smoked plenty of marijuana when I was in college. I'm going to be honest with you. Back in 19, early 70s, all right, I've made the joke of <coughs> that I smoke so much grass that there's third world nations that still don't have houses, all right? <laughs> I have I have been honest about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not like Bill Clinton. I'm not going to lie about it. Right. I inhaled, okay? But marijuana today is not like marijuana in 1971. Correct. Uh, what this does goes way farther than what I would ever want to allow. When you try to take the legislature out of a law, mm-hmm. I have problems with that. Me too. So just so... 
you know, if it was just a guy rolling a, 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 a joint and smoking in the privacy of his house, you'd probably find me saying, well, he's probably going to do it anyway, so go ahead. But And I did it, and I, I'd be a hypocrite if I said you can't. But that's if everything is equal. Yeah. And in this case, not everything is equal. The world has changed, Dave, since 1970. And so really? is mar- so is marijuana. <laughs> is that true? Has I believe it, it did. I was I was around I've to watch asleep. it. I've been asleep. I've been asleep. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about religious liberty. To be honest with you, I'd much rather talk about that than talk about uh, being able to smoke a joint or doing a bowl. All right, it's a quarter till ten on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about uh, my my friend Billy Mack. I'm having lunch with him on Friday, and we're going to talk about. Uh, uh, getting some new uh, copy and things of that nature to talk to you about his business, ICU Protection. But here's what I can talk to you about because I'm one of his customers. I have ICU Protection protecting my home, offering the security to my wife and to my my uh, serial killer dog, uh, Dexter. And, uh, you know, I'm, I really like it. I think it's, it's a great job. Uh, I've got the door and window sensors on every door and window of my house. I got a couple of cameras. I got one in my doorbell. Won't tell you where my other one is. But if that's tripped, if the analytics tell me that there's a person being detected on my property and I don't know who it is, I can bring the picture up on my smartphone and look at it. And it's 1080p. It's clear. It's just like watching direct TV, and I know whether I want you in my house or I don't, or whether I need to walk to my bedroom and get my my AK-47 semi-automatic shotgun, all right? I, I I can do that as well. But the bottom line is that Billy Mac will make your home or your business more secure. And Lord knows, with the rise in crime we got going on right now here in Arkansas, It just might be something that you need. I know it was something I felt I needed. Call Billy Mac. Know that you pay for the service. You don't have to pay for the hardware. No charge on the hardware. 501-205-1333. That's uh, Billy Mac and ICU Protection. Back with you. Let's talk about religious liberty. It's something that I believe in strongly. Uh, That's why they... Have it in the Constitution. They want you to make sure that they, that you know, you have the right to uh, worship your God or your egg the way you want to. All right, I'm, I just threw that in there to see if you were listening. I I was listening. I was listening, Dave. <laughs> but let, let's talk about this. Why do we need this? Well, um, first of all, I think people of faith, of all faiths. I think we'll agree that over the last 50 years or so, religious liberty, which is guaranteed by the U.S. Constitution, yes. has been relegated to a second-class right. It's like, oh, you religious people, just get out of the way. Don't be doing this out in public. We don't like it. We don't want to hear it. Um, just just get out of here. And so I think people of all faiths have realized that and said, you know what? The U.S. Constitution put religious freedom on the same par as freedom of speech and all the other freedoms that are guaranteed by the Constitution. And there are no second-class constitutional rights. 
And so um, what this does is it, it drives a stake in the ground right here in Arkansas and says, you know, our state constitution really doesn't guarantee religious freedom, but it should. Mm-hmm. But it should because one of these days some court may look and say, well, the U.S. Constitution says you got religious freedom, Dave, but what does the Arkansas Constitution say? Does it guarantee you religious freedom? That's and the maybe, kind of fight we're having and, about abortion yeah, right and, now. And maybe you really don't have it. And I want to say, yes, we do, because it says right here in the Constitution of Arkansas that the government cannot burden your freedom of religion unless they have a compelling reason to do so. And if they do it, they have to do it in the least restrictive way possible. Now, that is about as strong as you can get with a religious freedom amendment. It's actually patterned after the Alabama Constitution, and that measure has been in their Constitution since 1999. And it's worked beautifully there, and it'll work beautifully here. Yeah, what's interesting is that you made the statement that why do we need that? I mean, our federal constitution says that blah, 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 blah. Well, a lot of things have changed in our country and things that we thought we'd never see in our country. We're seeing it left and right Right. now. And churches need a way to push back if the government comes and tries to close down the church and um, individual citizens. Um, I know there's a town here in Arkansas where um, a church was going down to the courthouse square once a week, and they were feeding hungry people. And the city passed an ordinance saying you can't feed hungry people. Yeah, we don't want those hungry people down the town (laughs) square for people to see. And the the church pushed back and gained the right to do that under, under religious freedom. Good. And I think that's great because... Religious people have a right to be in the public square the same as everybody else. And that's what this ensures. There's too many people now in our country that believe that we're nothing but a bunch of isms. And uh, they they, they don't want us around, number two, probably number one reason, they don't believe there's God anyway. Well, that's true. And we know the ACLU and other groups have been trying for years to purge faith from all of public life. They say, oh, you can't put up a nativity uh, in front of the courthouse. Oh, tear down, tear down that cross over there at, at the park. Yeah. Or uh, at, at that at the, the cemetery. Yes, uh, or get rid of that Ten Commandments monument that's behind the state capitol. Yep. All of those things. And so we as people of faith, and I will say all faiths, yeah. I don't agree with all faiths, but I believe you've got a right. Well, to, I to believe be, what the Constitution says. Yeah. Everybody has the right to yeah. present their ideas. Right. And, Dave, if you don't have the right to live out your sincerely held beliefs, live the way your beliefs dictate, do you really have freedom at all? Hmm. Do you I really have you. freedom at all? And this is not allowing people to do illegal stuff like hurt kids or uh, do bad things or plan a terrorist attack at a mosque or anything like that. All those things are still going to be illegal, just as illegal as they ever were. But this harmless living out of your faith out here in public, being able to stand out here on the street corner and say a prayer if you want to without somebody hauling you away for disturbing the peace, uh, we need that protection. Yeah, that protects the guy that I see in Cabot that stands on the street corner and 
and proclaims the gospel. Hey, it's his right. Yeah, it doesn't bother me at uh, all. If you if you can proclaim anything else, then he's got a right to proclaim what he what he wants to say too. Yeah. I yeah. think he's got some guts to be honest. <laughs> me too. With you. Me he's too. Got some guts to get out and do that. I, I can't say that perhaps that I would do that, but he wants to do it. He feels that's his calling. So preach on, brother. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So this this is something that that the people of Arkansas can vote on in November. Can at you the not general, change this to like the issue two, issue threes that have come up? Yeah, have, that's been the bad number. That was uh, that was assigned by the legislature. The legislature <laughs> referred this out, and it was the third measure they referred out. So that's how it ended up with number three. Okay. So people can vote on it come November. All right. We're going to get Jerry back on here in the near future. And when I near, I'm going to, before he leaves today, I'm going to have him set up for next week, just so you'll know. But uh, we'll come back, and there's still some more things he wants to cover about the recreational marijuana uh, uh, issue to be put on the ballot, as well as uh, this, uh, you know, religious liberty piece of. Uh, they have to be put on the the, the 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 Arkansas Constitution. So we'll have you back on to talk Sounds about good. it. I want to give you as much time as you possibly need on it, you know, as far Thank as you. that. By the way, if uh, you're one of the, the guys that speak for the group that put the um, uh, this uh, initiative on the, the ballot coming up in November dealing with recreational marijuana, would more than would more than happy to have you on the air. I got some big questions for you, though, and I really got some big questions out of what we've heard from Jerry today. And they're serious questions that uh, I want answered before I vote yay or nay on this. Right now, I'm leaning nay, just to be honest with you, leaning heavily nay. It's the way I'm leaning right now, with uh, especially when they start talking about taking out the legislature, not letting them have any say in what's going on. I'm surprised if they went for that, they didn't go for the governor and the Supreme Court at the same time. But anyway, that's in there. Just know it's there. All right. I'm out of here until tomorrow in the 9 o'clock hour. i got one of my favorite legislators on. Robin Lundstrom will be our guest here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. It's always fun to have Robin on. She'll have some great things to talk about, and uh, we will discuss them with her. She has been in the last two legislative sessions my number one conservative. And I'm, I'm going to get a sponsor, and I'm going to get a plaque put together for the Senate and for the House and give those away after a legislative session about who was the best as far as conservatives went. So Dave Ellswick Show, back with you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Don't forget, uh, we've got Congressman Hill and Congressman Westerman in the 7 o'clock hour tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.